This is the Territory Story Podcast News Bites. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency. Hello there, welcome. This is the Territory Story Podcast Weekend Edition News Bites. My name is Peter Gowers, but I'm sure you already know that. I'm going to uh, get our special guest on to discuss the latest in what's happening in news right now. All the way from the NT Independent Online newspaper, the editor, Mr. Chris Walsh. Walshy, how are you? Hey, I'm good, Pete. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Uh, You're bunkered down right in the (laughs) heart of the NT Independent because there's lots going on right now. Yeah, uh, it's uh, another fun-filled and adventurous week in clown town here. (laughs) And uh, they're keeping us busy. It's just been crazy. It's been crazy. Clowns are busy and alive and well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it's it never stops, man. No, no, it, it doesn't seem to. Just when you think it's going to, it ramps up again. Anyway, yeah. what's happening this week? Well, here we go. Right, the uh, the chief minister <laughs> Natasha Files is finally it's finally dawned on her that there may in fact be damage out at the uh, Howard ah. Springs workers' camp. Wow! So finally admitting on Monday that uh, that yes, that uh, she now concedes that um, that there may have been damage, that there was damage, but uh, you know she was on the mix one hundred four nine there with Katie Wolf saying, um, you know, yes, there 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 is some damage. I guess that these people will be fined now. We just don't know why she couldn't just say that up front. Like, I think people were saying that, like, we can't blame you for other people's actions. Why don't you just come clean with it? Like, the fact yeah. you're covering this up, right? I, mean, I don't have to go into all the, but for weeks, I mean, this isn't even really an issue until Files has made it an issue, which is now going <laughs> on weeks, six weeks or something of like, you know, mm. everybody hearing that there's damage out there, possibly millions in damage. Um, at the uh, Howard Springs Workers Camp, where, of course, displaced uh, remote communities have been brought in because of flooding. And so, uh, yeah, she's denied it for weeks. And then Monday morning, she accepts, I guess, that um, damage has, in fact, been caused at the facility. However, after admitting it, she seemed to suggest any damage was restricted uh, to that caused by just one domestic violence incident at the uh, facility. with less than a dozen windows smashed. But as Woody was pointing out and reporting here, so she says that on mix, and then she does a press conference later in the day, and there are more instances of damage that she becomes aware of. And, you know, her response was instead of whether or not she was, well, her response to the question of whether or not she was deliberately misleading territorians, she said, no, I was acting upon the advice that I've got. Yeah, I, I did read that quote, and I must admit, my first thought that I had when I read it was, well, you might need to change advisors because the CLP yeah. have known for weeks what's going on. Well, they did. Your advisors didn't know until yeah, Monday, huh? a lot of Territorians did. And I think even more embarrassing for the chief minister was that her deputy chief minister, uh, Nicole Madison, remember yes. she'd come out and contradicted her. And then apparently Kate Warden, yeah. police minister, families minister, she also knew about this before yep. and had said that there was damage caused there. But files just continued to lie to the public about it. And for reasons that we're not even clear on, like what, what, what does she even gain by that? I, it's just so hard to, to fathom why she yeah. would even make this such an issue when it didn't have to be. No one was blaming her for the actions of some, unless of course, you know, there's issues here of what was maybe best for them, you remember, like every year we get flood displaced territorians who come up yep. from remote communities. Now, a lot of times they're held at the showgrounds or 
you know, they're, they're housed there yeah. um, with the ADF and they bring in the tents and beds and, and all of that stuff. And that didn't happen this year. This year, I don't know, somebody decided it would be better if they went to the Howard Springs, the former COVID facility. Uh, and clearly things aren't working out there. But look, the other thing here that we just kind of got up today about that on the same issue uh, was that, you know, while the chief minister is denying this publicly, that there's any damage, the government had awarded uh, a tender, a $30,000 contract to assess yeah. damage and, quote, related works at the Howard Springs camp. At the same time, she was claiming that there was no damage there. So clearly they knew, you know, everybody knew what was going on. There was also a government on, like, way back on April 6th, the, the government yeah. put out a statement, a spokesperson to the NT News saying that there was damage there. They're then moving ahead with this contract, but yet every day the chief minister comes out and denies it, which just irritates people. Yeah, and, um, you know, when, when they're being lied to, too, and, uh, you know, I sent some questions this week to files about another matter that I think we're going to talk about here soon, but the, the question centered around, and it was really about another MLA, but she could have taken it for herself as well, but it's about credibility. And when you're mm -hmm. a politician, you know, people get irritated when they're lied to and when they don't feel they can trust you anymore because you've continually lied, um, you know, it irrevocably uh, damages the credibility of a politician once they get yeah. that reputation of just blindly lying to people. And uh, she's done herself no favors this week or for weeks now, um, just blatantly, it appears, lying to people. And if she didn't yeah. know, she's incompetent. If she did know, she's lying. So, correct. Yeah. So, look, th there's more, I'm sure, to come out on this before we have our longer chat, Pete. But uh, yeah, the, the, the fact that they had to, um, that they went to this tender. Now, this is a select tender, too, which, you know, we've seen before where those tenders kind of get variations added to them after. So it's only 30K yeah. to assess damage. And it seems like a lot of money to assess. But then, um, you know, we, we're saying, do you think that it would be added, that variations would happen and repairs work would be covered under this kind of secretly, too? So they're not putting out another tender. Right. and We don't know. And we won't get to see that. The opposition was, of course, all over this uh, today. Leah Finacchiaro saying... Um, you know, despite both Nicole Madison and Kate Warden admitting there was, in fact, serious damage contradicting their chief minister, Files clearly knew there was damage at the facility or she wouldn't have issued a tender for the assessment of damage. We've continued, we've heard continued excuses by Files, like things got moved around, she said. But you don't hire a construction company to assess the impact of moved furniture. Territorians have frankly had a gut full of the cover-up, and they rightly deserve to know exactly what damage has occurred and the total and true cost of repairs. Yeah, so uh, she's gonna, like I said, like Files has created this kind of political scandal all on her own. Absolutely, sort of out of nowhere. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You don't pay someone thirty grand to go and assess something uh, unless there's something pretty heavy involved, and thirty k is not going to cover the costs of repairing. Yeah. you know, a very damaged place. So who knows what the cost will be eventually. Well, yeah. And look, Pete, I've heard millions from our people. Yeah. yeah. Those millions, it's pretty so. consistent, isn't it? That's what we've yeah. heard. Yeah. The other thing that really struck me, um, I heard the chief minister interviewed on ABC last week and this issue was raised and, uh -huh. and her answers were less than convincing. Um, but what I found really interesting is when she's finally come out to admit this and say, okay, well, look, yes, in fact, there was damage. And then she said, due to domestic violence. Now, yeah. I'm not sure if she knows what domestic violence is, but that's not against property generally. It's mm. against a person or persons. 
So uh, I don't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thankfully it's not something that I'm, you know, uh, ever been a party to, but I'm not sure how you get multiple smashed windows in different units from domestic violence. Yeah, I don't know where she's coming up with that, trying to qualify it and say, well, yeah, it's a really horrible exactly. thing, so let's not talk about it. And some things got damaged yeah. in the middle of this. But then but then the story changed, and then there were more things. That was her first line to try and tie it. And remember, she's got to qualify. She seems to always want to qualify everything. Remember, with that interview with Joe Laverty last week, where Joe Laverty correctly said to the chief minister, said, like, I didn't ask for their backstory here. Yeah, I thought that was great. <laughs> she kept yeah. saying, like, well, but they're displaced from the flood, and, you know, they're going to be angry, and they're going to smash things. And she seems to rationalize this stuff in a very bizarre yeah. way. And politically, it's really damaging for her. Like, just be upfront, yeah. tell people we're not going to blame her for the damage. But, you know, the more she covers it up, the more... We think that there's something there and that she's hiding. Yeah, so. Correct. And displaced people don't automatically smash things. Let me no, tell you. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, look, let's move on to uh, another one of the headlines. What What else are we working on this week? Uh, yeah, Pete, I don't know if you saw this. I think we got it like sometime overnight last night, but uh, uh, Anzac Day. Um, some lunatic wearing a balaclava. Uh, lit a gang, was he? service station on fire yeah like it's it's just so completely bizarre um so look the police put out now you know we'll talk about this i'm sure but I, that story that we ran on friday talking about alice springs and uh, yeah. uh the directive there not to post certain crimes serious crimes on social media because it was having a negative effect on tourism mm. i think that we've pretty much proven that now um to be the case that that directive was actually happening so you know, and we've been reporting things this week up here in Darwin that haven't been um, uh, publicly reported by police. But this one, so last night, I think they put out a, a statement, which is rare, but asking for the public's assistance to locate this lunatic who who allegedly lit a servo in uh, Catherine South, they said. Um, so they're looking for a guy in a balaclava driving a white Toyota Hilux. Now, we get a release late this afternoon telling us that uh, this guy's been arrested. But holy God, the story yeah. that goes into this, um, it's just wild. It's just completely He went down crazy. swinging, didn't he? Yeah, well, apparently. So So this is what they're saying overnight. So he lights the thing on fire, uh, the, the servo and Catherine. He then drives around town in a dangerous fashion, they said. All the evening they were getting calls about that in the Catherine region. He then drives up the Stewart Highway to Burdum. Uh, to a business on the Stewart Highway in Burnham that was broken into overnight. The white Hilux was located at the site burned out while a red Toyota Land Cruiser was stolen from that business. So sometime overnight, he switches cars. But like, yeah. I guess he's leaving his mark. He has to light the, the vehicle he's in on fire. I don't know what this yeah. guy's calling himself. Yeah. But, um, but he's certainly some sort of crazy villain. So he then takes this Land Cruiser. It's spotted around lunchtime today. Uh, that being Wednesday, driving along the Stewart Highway, uh, approaching the Darwin rural area. Now, all available police units were deployed to the area. You had Bachelor, uh, all kinds of units, dog units, everybody who was available, basically, uh, was all over this guy. So they deploy the tire defl deflation device, the spikes. Uh, apparently they got the right vehicle this time. Uh, Good to know. Good to know. yeah, that was on Beaumont Road and Humpty Doo. So they forced the vehicle to come to a stop, and then but police said the driver, uh, he then exited the vehicle, setting it alight 
and disappearing into nearby bushland that he also reportedly set on fire. Jeepers. He, he sounds like um, a character out of one of those, uh, you know, Marvel movies. <laughs> where he's, he's got flames coming out of the end of his arms or something. Yeah, like how does he do this? How does he, uh, he just continually is able to light things on fire so quickly. Like I was saying, to yeah. it, and they didn't say anything about a weapon. I mean, but it sounds like, does he have a flamethrower for Christ's sakes? Like what the hell, what's going on in this place? Sounds like this craziness is happening. happening. Um, yeah. So look, this was a big thing. And I know that on a lot of social media, they were posting on Wednesday afternoon saying, you know, what is going on here? We've got all these cops, people saying we haven't seen this many cops in the air. Something huge Correct. is going on. So how dangerous? I mean, maybe they they assumed that this guy was that dangerous that uh, that they needed that that kind of full response. Um, and I don't know if that's what they anticipated that that he was going to be lighting this thing. It's it's just so crazy. Um, yeah, we had somebody, and and then not to make light of this in any way because I mean, these people could have been hurt, and thank God nobody was or that we haven't heard of yet. I know somebody posted this, something on our page, made me laugh about the whole thing, was uh, this uh, gif of uh, Bane from Batman movie saying, <laughs> the mask on him, saying, all right, <laughs> Gotham City is now yours, people. <laughs> and uh, I just thought, Jesus, that sums it up. Like, this really is, we're in Gotham City now. we got a corrupt yeah. government. we yeah. got crime out of control. We yeah. need a better class of criminal. Uh, you know, it's just, it really is Gotham City. And we had said that in Crocs in the Cabinet years ago. It's like a frontier Gotham City, yeah, frontier yeah. outback Gotham City. And here we are, man. Like, the, the crime is just so completely out of control. People just don't feel safe. And you've got some lunatic driving around setting fire to everything. Like, it's it's just madness, man. And, and who's going to come in? Right. Who's going to help? In addition to that, I, when I um, heard about it, I was like, you know, I read a story uh earlier this week or maybe last week about um, uh, a situation where people had called triple O three yep. times, couldn't get police to attend, couldn't get them to answer the phone the first two times. And all of these stories about, you know, driving around Darwin, it, it, it seems at the moment like there's no police around. They're very hard to get. I know people on Mitchell Street have called for, you know, uh, situations that were getting out of hand at pubs mm. and clubs down there, can't get police. And seems that everyone got deployed for this one instance of um, yeah. this, uh, you know, crazy man with the ability to light fires in an instant while he hit the ground running. Yeah, just driving into the rural areas if they were waiting for him or something. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, really bizarre stuff, and then it's troubling. And I hope that uh, yeah, we we get a little, a few more answers about this. I mean, imagine. So he's he's from what we understand, he has not been bailed yet yes, i don't know yes. but i mean jesus christ with this guy i mean i i hope he doesn't get bail here until he gets his trial and we find out what 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 was going on there and yeah anyway yeah. like i said it is troubling and um thankfully everyone's safe and uh but you know the place never gets better it just seems like this kind of stuff is being encouraged now where we're getting to yeah. that point where criminals are getting that bold yeah it did seem like a really unique one and um every, as we said everywhere you stop something ended up in flames so um thankfully that's been stopped and and uh, he's been apprehended for now yep yep good news all right so what else are making uh news stories this week chris well Keith, i don't know if you remember our old friend manuel brown 
the member for uh, yes. Fura now, and uh, he won in the by-election last month, which seems like, holy gee, seems like tw- two months ago at least, it three sure months does. ago, yeah, yeah. but it was, uh, it was in fact just last month. Uh, now, of course, we broke that story about his dark past and the secret that he was holding from, from voters, from the public, and uh, I think, too, from the party. But uh, anyway, they, they claimed that he had told them, but they didn't feel like telling anyone else about it. And anyway, it was <laughs> all around this issue where he had, uh, in fact, killed a woman with his car uh, back in 2009 in Catherine. And mm. this was it was very troubling and disturbing stuff. I mean, he was he was he was first charged with uh, you know a very serious offense that carries ten years in jail as the maximum penalty. This this was not an accident. Clearly, this man caused this. He ran a stop sign at, at speed, top speed, by the looks of it. Uh, anyway, he was charged with uh, driving without. Uh, sorry, no, he was first charged with dangerous driving causing death. He ended up copying a plea to a reduced charge of driving without due care, which he only got a good behavior bond for 12 months uh, back in 2010. Now, there were there were stories told at that time. You remember Files got angry with me about the timing of the story, which didn't make any sense because I found out about it the day before. I had to do my due diligence and check things. And yeah. at that time with the court, that was the end of February, and we requested the statement of facts in this case. Uh, for some reason, I have no idea what the hell happened there. They did not get to me before the by-election on March 18th, and I remember on that Wednesday writing to the court media person and saying, oh, yeah, hey, no, that's just fine. The only thing that, that suffers here is democracy. Like, the public have a right to know yeah. what's yeah. going on here. Anyway, we don't get it until earlier this month. Like, it was wow. just outrageous how this happened. But anyway, we, we finally got the statement of facts. We're looking at it. Now, remember, when he puts out a statement after we write the story, he says um, he says these lines, he says that it was a multi-vehicle crash, as if to say that there were other people involved and maybe he wasn't the one who caused it. He did cause it. He was charged and convicted. But he also called it a tragic accident. He also said, and this was a direct quote, I pulled over called emergency services and began rendering first aid to a woman at the scene. She was taken to Catherine hospital, however, tragically passed away later that evening. Mm. Now with these documents we have, it shows that the Manuel Brown's account has been called into question based on the statement of crown facts obtained by the independent. Uh, we now see that, uh, uh, that the car that the, the, the woman was driving and we haven't named her, um, to respect the family's wishes at this point um it was hit so hard she's driving a camry camry he's driving a big nissan patrol it comes flying through the stop sign t-bones the car that's driven by this woman uh smashes into her so hard and with such force that 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 the door compacted in on her the car f- spins around a couple of times hits another car that's stopped at an, at the intersection uh, so hard that the driver of that vehicle sustains whiplash. Wow. This clown says, he tells the cops, I was driving 50. No, you weren't. And here's the other thing. And here's the big wow. thing, Pete. What we find out in the statement of facts is that she was, she was, and they put it, and they use the word trapped. She was trapped inside the vehicle. She was later freed by using the jaws of life and cutting through the driver's side door. 
So we went to Brown and to labor and to the chief minister and we said, okay, so how exactly did you perform first aid while the victim was trapped inside the vehicle? Yeah. Just explain that for us. And then tell us how, again, it was that you're going 50, that you hit a car so bad that it traps a woman in it spins it around so much that somebody else in another vehicle gets whiplash. Look, the guy, the guy's lying. He's lying about, uh, uh how he presented this, um, uh, you know, and, and it raises a lot of, of serious questions for Labour and for the chief minister. Now, we know that Labour caucus trust each other, as Files told oh, yes. us. So I went back and I, and I found this in February. This is when she went on a, uh, a trust tirade, as we called it, against Mark Turner. And this was on radio. This was one week to the day before we broke this story about her yeah. candidate, Nara Fura. And she was saying... Um, she was saying that he acted dishonestly, uh, that they do not trust Mark Turner. This is about Mark Turner. And this, of course, is back to the cocaine sex scandal and a relationship that he was allegedly in and that Gunner had said at the time he wasn't upfront about that. Uh, now, he was since cleared of any wrongdoing there in connection to that with by by Files herself, who was chair of the yeah. Privileges Committee, also cleared by the ICAC. But uh, yeah, Files had said he did not lie to Parliament. She signed off on that document saying that, but now she's on radio a week before this saying um, we don't trust him. She said, so the Labour Caucus is a group of parliamentarians that trust each other. He breached the trust of our team. We take that very seriously. Well, do you, Natasha? So we went and said, you know, well, she refused to comment on whether she could trust uh, Manuel Brown as a caucus member now. Yeah. Because, he, you know, he misled. So they had said that, oh, he told us about the crime, but we didn't ask any details. And, uh, and we said, and well, the other media said, okay, but how come you didn't come forward with this? How come you didn't make a public then? Uh, yeah. Well, um, yes, well, uh, yeah, the people can make their own minds up about that. It was something like that, she said. And it's like, well, yeah, we have. And it's, you were misleading the public and you were trying to keep this a secret. We found out about it. We exposed it. And then he puts out a statement in which he lied to the public to get elected. This is, look, we're going to have more on this, Pete, and, and, and really Faust is in a position now and in a tough position because she has kicked somebody out of caucus for what she said is dishonesty, that she couldn't trust him. Now, what's she going to do with this guy? Now, where we go tomorrow, and I think I alluded to this uh, in the, this story, we talked about how well, I was in the statement of fact about how the vehicle that was hit, there were two persons in that vehicle. That's how it was yeah. worded. One of those people we know was the vehicle's driver. We know that she was a nurse, um, 62-year-old woman who was killed. There's another person who's in that vehicle. We're going to hear from, from them tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. And the son has a lot to say about what happened that night. And you can imagine how difficult this is for him. This is a, an incident in which he lost his mother. Uh, and, you know, he 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 he, he was very candid with us when we caught up with him he wanted some time we asked him a long time ago yeah, when we first yeah. found out and uh, he said give me some time and i'll and i'll come back to you and so he did and earlier this month we sat down with him and uh yeah i think people need to hear this i think people need to hear the truth and one of the things that he said was i'm really disappointed in the way the chief minister has uh, uh, defended this man and said that he was an exceptional member of our community is how she put it. And he said, right. she didn't know the facts of what happened that day. She's just saying that politically. Um, and he's saying, look, this is, this is what really happened that day. So we're going to get a lot more. And I'll just tell you, 
Manuel Brown lied about it because right. this guy says, and what the facts show in the statement of fact from the court that's indisputable, mm-hmm. Manuel Brown was not upfront. He misled the public in his statement, and there needs to be consequences for that. Furthermore, he's not even a fit and proper person to be in parliament at this point after this. And I'll tell you, Pete, there's more things going on with this, and hopefully tomorrow when we when we have a longer chat, I'll be able to tell you a bit more because there's some other things that, that seem not to have happened properly at the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're digging around in that a bit more, but this is um, serious uh, issue for the, the Labour government in terms of credibility. Like I said, getting back to that question that I asked Files that she could have taken for herself or for Manuel Brown, you know, do you appreciate the fact that the public have issues with politicians who lie to them and that their credibility can be irrevocably uh, uh, just gone forever if you continue to lie to people? Um, and look, that that seems to be the way Labour's doing things these days. But I tell you, I don't think the public's going to stand for for this kind of stuff much longer. Mm. Yeah, well, I look forward to drilling down on it further on uh, weekends with Walshie because there is a fair bit to talk about. And what I'm also, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it further, but what I'm also interested in is seeing as we're talking about the circle of trust, um, given that uh, Nicole Madison and Brent Potter have also broken ranks this week. I wonder what that means for this uh, circle of trust caucus group of people. Well, that's it, right? I don't think that, well, look, Files has brought in, so so Manuel Brown, anyway, we'll get into more detail, but just quickly, Manuel Brown was Lawrence Costa's electorate officer or whatever. I guess she thought he'd be safe because she would have known him. Uh, Brent Potter is her chief of staff's brother-in-law and a staffer. Um, but so she's brought in people. And then before that was uh, D. Ran Young. Remember, he was a staffer. So they're just they're, yeah. <laughs> the elected representatives are all staffers. But it seems to files think she can control them. I don't know how that's going for her behind the scenes. I don't think that she has the same numbers and it's certainly not the same makeup that it was when she was um, put into the role of chief minister when she defeated Nicole Madison for that role. I think yeah. the dynamics changed and um a lot of a lot of screw ups along the way here just recently a lot of own goals that she shouldn't have been doing that's damaged the party's credibility and it just goes back to that when you lie to the public they see yep. through that and they don't respect it and your credibility's gone once it's gone it's gone forever because that's all politicians have is their credibility and if the public believe them and i think that's slipping away chris i look forward to talking to you about it in more detail on the weekend edition Great. Thanks, Pete. We'll see you then. That was Chris Walsh from the NT Independent Online Newspaper, the weekend edition of the Territory Story podcast, News Bites, back again next week. That was the Territory Story News Bites for this week. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency.